Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Courageous Destiny, Creating Your Own Rules of Empowerment. And I am so blessed today to have Anna Krolikowski, who happens to be the youngest immediate past president of the Illinois Bar Association, divorce attorney and mediator on our program today. And I'm so excited because we get to talk today about courageous divorce and things that you can do to help yourself through that process or help a loved one through the process and different advice that you can actually provide that's actually coming from a professional. And I would highly recommend if you are going to give advice, a really great thing to do would be share this podcast with them. Hello, Anna. How are you? Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. And it's always wonderful to chat with you and your listeners, of course. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so excited to have you. Will you share with our, my listeners how you became a divorce attorney and why you're passionate about it? And we'll start there. Sure. And I'm going to try to make a really long story short. But um, <laughs> as a young attorney years, years ago, um, I started practicing in family law, which means mainly divorce and helping divorcing couples. And I realized fairly quickly that an attorney has a very important role in that process because people are coming to you scared, concerned, hurt, and there's a lot of emotion that's tied to that process. And as, and as an attorney, I know that I can offer options at the beginning that will, in many instances, have a significant impact on what happens with that person and their family for a very long time, sometimes for the rest of their lives. And I'm also aware that I can push a certain case a certain way, right? It's very easy to kind of amplify fear and worry and push a case into litigation. And I say that because I became aware of that and I focused on becoming a student of different divorce uh, processes like mediation and collaborative process because I wanted to make sure that I was one of the good guys, um, that I was helping the people who were coming to me to figure out what approach was best for them, whether that meant mediation or collaborative process or litigation rather than pushing a case a certain way, because maybe I preferred that that case go in that direction. I hope that makes sense. But basically, I realized that there was a lot of power that came with the work I did. And I viewed it as also carrying a lot of responsibility to make sure that I put good into the world, that I help people uh, make the best choices that they can under difficult circumstances. Well, I think that's really refreshing to hear because I know, you know, for myself, you know, I've been divorced and one of the reasons why it even took so long was because of all the horror stories that people were sharing with me and, and sharing about divorce. You know, I think the top ones that I can think of was a, it's going to cost you, you know, it's going to be really, really, really expensive. You're going to be stuck in trial you're going to have to become worse enemies with that person for me that I had kids with. And the whole thought of it, just, it was so difficult to even consider it for so long, you know? And so what do you, what advice would you give somebody 
to help break through some of those kind of real big fears that people might have. Yeah. So let's, let's put that out there right from the get go. Yes. There are some divorces that have to go from through litigation, right? Right. Whether it's a dynamic between the spouses or whatever else is happening, some cases will need that process. And, and yes, it will take time, especially now um, since COVID started a few years ago, the court system has been slammed with a significantly higher number of cases being filed. And that often happens in times of economic uncertainty. Yeah, we've seen it previously, like 2008 was a big, unfortunately, time period for divorce cases. And the court system was also delayed because there were more cases being filed and the processes we used had to pivot and had to change. So if you're getting divorced now, unfortunately, yes, a litigated case will take longer, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? You can choose to have a different divorce. You and your spouse can decide that you are going to explore mediation or collaborative process or figure out what terms of a divorce work for you and get um, assistance from attorneys to help you get it through the process rather than litigating. And that can often be a very courageous decision you make for you and your family, especially when you have, you know, family and friends telling you sometimes, oh, you should, you know, you should do this, you should litigate, you should try to, you know, get as much as you can, or there's something going on where you should be fighting for this. And you can choose to say, that's not a divorce that suits me or my family, right? I want to make sure that we're creating a future that's best for our kids. I want to make sure that I'm creating a future where I will be okay going forward, not just, you know, financially, because less contentious divorces can save you money. That's just the reality, right? In a divorce setting, attorneys bill on an hourly rate, and the more contentious cases tend to take more time. So then it costs more money. Um, but it's not just about the money. The clients who I see going through collaborative process or mediation tend to come out better off emotionally. They tend to go through the process and create at least a respectful co-parenting relationship with their ex, right? And the dynamic is very different. It is not uncommon for me to hear from my former collaborative process clients, especially, and they will send me an email or they'll send me a card or a photo and say, hey, Joey just graduated from high school and we were all there and he didn't have to feel like he had to choose between one of his parents, uh, but rather could just enjoy the joy of the day and having his entire family there. Those are precious. I love getting those types of notes from my clients. I love that. I know for me, we went through a mediator, you know, so we were actually appointed a mediator and we had a mediator for about an hour and it was done. Like we whipped through it. And I think we're, we might be an exception, not a rule, but I didn't even know that that was possible. You know, I had no idea that was possible. And I think that you know, all I could think about the entire time was how I wanted to minimize the impact to my kids. 
I didn't want to run my kids through a drawn out process, you know, just because, you know, so it was, it was a very difficult decision, but I knew that that was really at the forefront. And one of the things that I loved what you said is you have to decide up front what kind of divorce that you want. And I would imagine I would, you know, and, and I always share this with my clients in their life, figuring out what your non-negotiables are. You know, what are my non-negotiables that I want to make sure get addressed in this divorce? And what kind of divorce do I want? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you make those decisions at the beginning. And mm -hmm. you said that your primary focus was putting your kids first and making sure that they were not being dragged into this prolonged process. And that was your courageous decision. Right. You decided to prioritize them and you made decisions based on that overarching goal that impacted the rest of the divorce process. You know, it's interesting what I'm remembering is something I'm really good at is spotting my, the limits in my mind. You know, so I have, I always say I have a superpower of being able to read my own mind. <laughs> That's and an incredible superpower. It is. And, and to be able to spot anything that's a limit. And during that time when, you know, divorce was way outside my comfort zone. You know, when something is really outside our comfort zone, we have got a lot. That's our cue to know that we've got a lot of limits there. And to know what those limits are. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, we'll never be able to communicate again. My kids will hate me. My, you know, and I had all of these ideas that were in my mind that when I would spot them, I would say, well, that is that a good enough reason to not move on and not allow him to move on with his life? You know, what I could think about was so important was I had this idea that being the example for my kids, I wanted to show them what a loving relationship and a healthy relationship was. And if I couldn't do that in my current situation, and we, tr we tried, you know, we, we, you know, we, we did many different things, but if I couldn't show them, then I didn't want to show them a relationship if it wasn't going to be healthy, because I knew, you know, just even with all the coaching, we are that example for our kids. We are. And if, and if we create this example of, you know, mediocre or, or something that's just not working for us, you know, or codependent, whatever it is, you know, whatever, you know, issues that are in that current relationship, that's what they're learning. That's what their, their, their automatic pilot is going to be creating in their lives, right? We all have an automatic pilot based on what we learn when we're growing up. You're so. 100% correct. I could not agree with you more. We are teaching our kids what relationships, what behaviors, um, they should model and they pick up on that even when they're very little they pick up on that and um you gave them a very precious gift you taught them not only what to look for in relationships but also how to divorce 
in a way that wasn't damaging to them or, you know, you and your, your ex, but primarily to your kids. And I can tell you, um, when people find out, and I'm a divorce attorney, they will often talk to me about their personal lives. It just happens in conversations. I'm one of these people that other folks gravitate towards and they, and they open up to me. And, and I appreciate that. That's an incredible gift they're giving me. But I can't tell you how many times I have had adults talk to me about their parents' divorce and how that impacted them. And there's one story that I tell, and it has stuck with me for 15 years now. I was talking to a 30-year-old at the time, and he talked to me about his parents' divorce. And he told me about how he was put in a witness stand as a young teenager and was basically made to choose and how damaging that was. And, and I could see that in that conversation, he was flashing yeah, back yeah. that moment and all of that pain and hurt. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, right? I used to litigate for a very long time and I was also doing mediation and collaborative process, but within the last five years, I really had made a conscious effort to focus my practice on helping couples who focus on using collaborative process or mediation or amicable divorces. And I'm happy to give referrals for those litigated cases, right? To people who would be a good fit, but I really channel my energy in helping people in a way that I believe creates a better tomorrow for us and our children. And that's what drives me. I want to help you have a better divorce for you and for your kids. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I think that helps break up that um, another fear that I had, like that I would have to have a lawyer and they'd have to be a shark. Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> what you're saying and what I'm hearing, and, and I want to make sure, you know, pick this out for my listeners to make sure they're hearing it this way, is that you're not there to make sure that you get as many hours as you possibly can in the court system and litigate a case and get as much stuff for whatever client you have in front of you. You know, I mean, that's not what it's about. You're not that. And, and that, I think that's important for people to know too, because that was actually a fear of mine too. I'm like, well, who, who can I trust with this? This is my family. Yeah. You know? So thank you for that. I, I pride myself on not being a shark. And again, there are <laughs> cases that might call for that. And if that's what you need, I will refer you out. I, you know, I, I have a pretty significant Rolodex of attorneys in the state where I can say, you probably want to talk to so-and-so, but that's not my focus. And my goal, my primary goal, and this is something that you can do if you're exploring divorce or considering it educate yourself at the very beginning, right. talk to an attorney who can explain the different processes. So you understand your options. So you're picking a process rather than being directed into a process or feeling like you have no choice. And that's the first instance of educating yourself. When I work with clients, 
I educate them throughout their process, meaning I explain the options. I explain the alternative. So that way you are making informed choices. This isn't a situation where three years after your divorce, you're reading your divorce decree or talking to another attorney and you're asked a question and you say, I don't know what that means. No, we go through all of the options and our alternatives. So you're making informed choices. And if that means, you know, foregoing certain things, whether that's related to issues um, regarding your kids or structuring your parenting agreement in a certain way, or it has um, something to do with the finances, you understand that you could have made a different choice or your other alternatives. You're very well informed making this particular choice. You're owning this choice. This is your choice rather than a judge telling you this is what the statute says and you must do this or um, some other um, process or in some other way being told, no, this is your only alternative. No, that's, that's really important. And, you know, one of the things I'd, I'd love for, for us to showcase here is I know when I was getting divorced, there was so many people coming out of the woodwork to offer me unsolicited advice. I mean, people that haven't been divorced, people who've never, or people who had horrible divorces or people who knew, you know, and I heard every horror story known to man. And I have to say, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have a horror story that you have, you know, that, that you've heard about divorce and you're going to go to a friend, please keep that to yourself. <laughs> please don't share that horror story because I got to tell you, there was so much of that. But what, what advice would you make sure that people don't give? So before we get into that, I want to acknowledge those horror stories, right? Because they come mm-hmm. from a space filled with pain, right? Somebody that process, somebody's experience was this horrible, difficult divorce. And whether that's because of the relationship between them and their ex or the attorneys involved or the judge or whatever, whatever the reasons might be, you know, there are people who legitimately had these horrible stories. But if you are someone who's at the beginning of your journey and maybe you're dynamic with your soon-to-be ex isn't such a horrible dynamic, um, that might not be your story. So keep that in perspective if someone is sharing their experience with you. And that leads me to my my next step or my next advice, a bit of advice. And that would be pick your advisors wisely. And by that, I mean, Um, you know, maybe you want to process your divorce options with an attorney you trust or with a therapist you trust rather than, you know, your cousin who had an awful divorce and her perspective of the divorce process and the court system will be viewed through that lens of that horrible divorce. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. So, I know that when we were we were talking a little bit ago, you know, right before we got on, you had talked about this concept of pivoting. 
And I would love, first of all, we've not only do we have somebody here who can give some advice about getting divorced, but I've got somebody here who is a very high achieving female and just incredible woman. So what, what are some of the things that you can attribute to your success and for, for you achieving some of your goals? So I think in large part, it's this concept of pivoting. And for many of us, we didn't talk about it up until few years ago, right? COVID was a big game changer for all of us, whether it meant your profession changing or your specific job structure or company structure, or maybe you went out on your own and you created your business or whatever else was happening. Maybe it's personal, but there have been a lot of changes. And I've reflected back on what my life has looked at. So my current law firm is the second law firm I've created. I actually pivoted away from a law firm, which I had founded in 2008, um, just at the beginning of COVID. And it was all done amicably. My former partner and I decided that we just had different goals going forward. Um, So talk about divorce attorneys, you know, parting ways amicably. Granted, it was in a professional setting, but still there was that. Um, there was the concept of pivoting how we all practice within the law profession within the last three years, because we went from all in person all the time and lawyers in general are very much risk averse and don't like new technology. Right. And then (laughs) with the flip of a switch, we went from Zoom, what Zoom to, oh, we're doing court via Zoom now and we're doing mediations and collaborative process via Zoom. But there was really no other alternative available, at, at least certainly in the very beginning and in some instances still now. Um, and family law is one of those areas of practice where you just can't tell people, oh, we'll pick this up in six months or a year. Because the expression you just made, exactly that. Because (laughs) you are living this. You are in the same household. There might be issues related to the kids. You can't just put a pin in it and pick it up in six months, right? So we had to pivot. So that was another large sort of inflection point where we, we changed how we practice. And then the third big one for me was related to the ISBA. So I ran for the position of third vice president of ISBA in 2017. That's how our structure is set up. You campaign to be third vice president. Once you're elected, you automatically move up. And, you know, five years later, you become president. At the time, I thought I wasn't ready. I thought I was too young. I thought it wasn't my time yet. It was something I was considering doing later. And all of a sudden, um, the conversations around me, the conversations people were having with me, um, just the energy in any room I walked into was sort of like, no, this is your time. You, you're, you need to run. And I'm so glad I did. But it wasn't easy in that it's a statewide campaign. This was in person. I campaigned for an office. And um, I did face a lot of you're too young. It's not your turn. Um, even That's what some- I was talking about. 
Don't yeah, live by your limits. <laughs> right. But it wasn't just me thinking this. It was right. everyone from, from the outside. There were people mm -hmm. who actually told me you're too young. It's not your turn. It's so-and-so's turn. Um, I even had a couple of folks say, um, focus on having a family and, and with all due respect, that's my choice if, when, and, and how, right. But um, generally there was a lot of positive energy and positive support. Um, and I was successful. It was a three-person campaign. I had two older male opponents. Um, I was elected with 55% of the vote. That's a significant vote margin in a three-person race. And um, I won every single circuit in the state. Wow. Wow. See, so this is one of those things where I just got to say this. I just got to say this because, you know, my, my company's Courageous Destiny. And to me, you know, it is courageous to get divorced. It, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, it's not like I'm out there as an advocate for divorce, you know, but what I'm saying is it's courageous to create a life that's extraordinary. And sometimes that can include something like divorce, but it's so courageous to go after something when the whole world says you can't have it like you did. And I'm not saying the whole world did, because I'm sure you had your advisors and the people that say, you know what, we believe in you, you can do this. But yet, like you said, there's those people on the outside that say, no, you can't. And I love that you did it anyway. And you became the youngest past president, uh, immediate past president of the board or the Illinois State Bar Association. I'm going to get this. <laughs> So just go with ISBA. That's the short term. ISBA. Bar Association. And yes, I was one of the youngest presidents and I was only the fifth woman in the 145 year, now 146 year um, history of ISBA. So I had the pleasure of being president during our 145th anniversary year. And again, only the fifth woman. And, and that meant a lot as well oh, because- so cool. Since then, two female um, candidates have been elected and will be president of the ISBA within the next um, three to four years. So I feel in a way that me running, me campaigning, um, the fact that I was elected and the work that I did on um, diversity, equity and inclusion and life, work, uh, wellness, balancing, as well as helping our lawyers figure out how to run their firms as businesses better, had a lot to do with the fact that within less than five years of me being elected, two additional women have been elected to become president. Whereas prior to my, my campaign, um, there was at least a 10-year gap between myself and the, the um, preceding female president. Wow. So let me ask you this, because I have to start getting, wrapping up here pretty soon. So what is the most courageous, is this the most courageous thing that you've ever done? Yes. Yes. It, it sounded is. pretty courageous. So I didn't want to assume. <laughs> Professionally, yes, it absolutely is. It meant, um, you know, dealing with or figuring out that even though there might have been a small voice in the back of my head saying, maybe it isn't your turn, maybe it isn't your time going for this. And this was a pretty big endeavor 
um, for someone who does not come from a family with generations of lawyers. I'm the first and the only in my family who's an attorney. And so all of the friendships and networks and connections that I have built since becoming a lawyer um, really, really had a lot to do with getting me ready, um, getting me involved with the ISBA, and then really supporting me and encouraging me to go ahead. And, and sometimes that meant, you know, friends calling or texting and saying, hey, are you going to this event? You're going to do great. You're going to meet fantastic people. But yes, this has been professionally the most courageous thing I have done so far. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. And then what's the most courageous thing that is left on your bucket list that you want to make sure that you do? That's such a great question. And the honest answer is, I don't know yet. So I'm at a point where I'm fairly young. I'm fairly young. There's a lot more living left to do, but I haven't yet picked the next big thing. So for now, I believe from a high achiever that that can be courageous and you could go into a courageous year of discovery figuring out what that next or what that thing is that you want to make sure you do before, you know, before the end of your life. <laughs> that, that's on your bucket list. I like bucket list better. <laughs> I like bucket list better as well. I like bucket list much better. <laughs> okay. So, but I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of times we think that we always have to know exactly where we're going and we have to hold ourselves to a certain standard. And sometimes it's just saying, let me explore. Let me explore and do maybe something a little bit different. Give myself some recovering, reflective, and time to smell the roses time. Yes, absolutely. And figure out what else um, piques my interest. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for being my guest today. I have loved speaking with you and I know that I am just going to pray that this podcast gets into the ears of people that need to hear this because I know when I was going through divorce, it had its ups and its downs. And sometimes you just really needed to know that it wasn't going to be so horrible or there was a, there was at least hope. There was at least hope that it wouldn't be so horrible having that hope is incredibly important. And I hope that we were able to demystify some of the processes and help your listeners um, make whatever choices are best for them, right? How can my listeners get in contact with you if they have questions? That's a great question. So you can visit my website. It's www.anna, and that's spelled A-N-N-A-K law.com so anna law.com or you can call my office at 847-715-9328 847-715-9328 excellent thank you so much oh it was right, my, everybody. my friend yeah everybody thank you so much for listening today and until next time go out there and live courageously